welcome to our AJP Renal Physiology podcast, which highlights manuscripts that are published in our journal. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Kelly Sass from the Division of Nephrology in the Department of Medicine at the Medical University of South Carolina. We're discussing a manuscript that's published in the April 2015 issue of AJP Renal by Kelly and her colleagues, Hong Yin, Wayne Fitzgibbon, Catalin Baikyu, Michael Zile, Stacey Seal, May Amura, Takamitsu Bayagusa, Jason Funk, Marlene Booney, Gene Siegel, Brian Soroki, John Bissler, and Darwin Bell. The manuscript is entitled, Hyperglycemia in the Absence of Cilia Accelerates Cystogenesis and Induces Renal Damage. The authors suggest that hyperglycemia in the absence of cilia results in renal structural and functional damage that accelerates cystogenesis, suggesting that diabetes is a risk factor for the progression of polycystic kidney disease. Kelly, can you tell us a little bit about your findings? Gladly, and thank you for this opportunity to discuss our work with you today. Our study investigated whether hyperglycemia accentuates the initiation and rate of progression of cystogenesis in the IFT88 conditional knockout mouse model of polycystic kidney disease, or PKD. PKD is a genetic disorder in which one copy of the affected gene is mutated at conception. This is followed over time by a second somatic mutation termed the second hit, which results in cyst formation as both copies of the gene need to be silenced before disease occurs. Recently, the concept of a third hit has emerged, which suggests additional factors influence the initiation and rate of cystic development. This theory has helped to explain the wide variations in disease progression, especially within affected families. For several reasons, including the increased prevalence and projected rise in the incidence of diabetes, we decided to examine hyperglycemia as a possible third hit on cystogenesis. In our study, we found that Streptozotocin-induced hyperglycemia following the loss of cilia resulted in increased cyst formation. This was associated with an increase in cell proliferation and interstitial inflammation, along with further structural damage, including focal glomerular foot process effacement in the formation of primitive renal tubules. Functionally, there were signs of renal stress in the hyperglycemic mice lacking cilia, including polyuria and increased proteinuria. We then used gene array analysis to identify the upregulation of two pathways that have been implicated in both PKD and diabetic kidney disease, which are Wnt signaling and epithelial to mesenchymal transition, with specific protein products from these pathways localizing to cystic regions. Thank you. You indicated, you know, there's an increased prevalence of the incidence of diabetes. So I'm curious as to what you think some of the potential implications of your work for treatment of patients with diabetes could be that also had PKD in light of the clinical data that you highlight in the beginning of the manuscript indicating that renal volume is doubled in patients with PKD and diabetes. We think that this work provides a basis for examination of treatment options. Indirect effects of several diabetic medications include alterations in signaling pathways that are believed to play a role in PKD cystogenesis. Previous work from a couple of these therapies has actually been shown both in vitro and in vivo to slow cyst formation, and the key may be to focus on convergent pathways between PKD and hyperglycemia. Unfortunately, most of the clinical studies to date exclude diabetics when reporting on PKD, So although understandable, we believe that this group of patients, PKD patients with diabetes, should actually be studied independently. And what would be interesting would be to examine total renal volumes and parameters of kidney function on these patients factored by medication type. Interesting. You indicated that one of the most surprising findings in your study was the presence of the immature primitive renal tubules in the mice without functional cilia. What do you think this actually tells us about the development of renal cyst formation? 
This all continues to indicate that in the adult or after development, cilia are critical for the response to renal injury. So the finding of primitive renal tubules in this study suggests that hyperglycemia may accelerate or lead to a greater degree of cellular dedifferentiation as part of the phenotypic characteristic of PKD is cellular dedifferentiation. And this idea is not only supported by the development of primitive renal tubules, but the cell signaling changes of elevated EMT and WIT signaling agree with this as well. And although highly speculative, the fact that these structures resemble those found in pediatric renal tumors, it's possible that PKD plus hyperglycemia could potentially lead to conditions favorable for the generation of renal carcinomas. I have one more question about the model that you're using. The model is based on the generation of a conditional flux allele mouse in which the sister proteins that direct cilia formation can be deleted post-development, allowing the mice to develop normally. You are using these mice to explore what you refer to as a third hit, which in this study is actually diabetes. But what do you think the potential of this model could be to examine other third hits, such as high salt or high fat or hypertension? Establishment of this model, the conditional flux allele mouse model, has been crucial for identifying and studying additional factors involved in cystogenesis. So just briefly, in this model, deletion of cilia before postnatal day 13 is embryonic lethal, or it results in severe developmental abnormalities in widespread cysts, but deletion in the adult mouse does not result in significant cyst formation for months. So this model has allowed us and others to study additional factors and conditions, such as hyperglycemia, that alter the rate of cystogenesis. Due to the modification in the timeline of cyst development, this model is very amenable for examining a multitude of factors, such as high-fat diet, as you have suggested. Uh, determining these third hits is important for understanding factors that accelerate cystogenesis, but they also help us understand disease progression by shedding light on the complex signaling pathways involved in cyst formation. And what would be really neat with this model is that it can be used to not only identify third hits or things that accelerate cystogenesis, but also it would be a good model to examine what can actually slow down cystogenesis and help identify potential therapeutic targets. That's a great point. Well, Kelly, I thank you so much for taking your time to speak with us today, and we look forward to seeing your future studies in AJP Renal. Thank you very much.